Lord, I just thank you so much, Father, that you have enabled us to step out in our giftings, Father, that you you have placed these giftings within us, Lord, and have encouraged us to walk out empowered by Christ, empowered by your love, empowered by the righteousness that was freely given to us, Father. And this morning, Father, I pray that your word would go out and that every person sitting here under your word would receive something. Lord, I pray that there's good soil out there for your seed to be sown into. Lord, I pray that, uh, I pray that someone that walked in this morning that uh, perhaps was sitting on the fence or, or was discouraged about coming here this morning, that they made the choice to come anyway and push through and came, Father, I pray that this morning would be a huge impact for them, Father, that they would hear directly from you this morning, Lord, and their eyes would be open to a revelation in Christ, Lord. In Jesus' name, this is my prayer. Amen. 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 So I get the honor and the privilege of wrapping up our last message for the Open Eyes series and what a series it has been. I know that my eyes have been opened up so many times during this, uh, this month, and I know that's true for so many people in the congregation as well. God is so good, and He answers prayer, and He honors obedience, and, uh, and it's just a blessing to be a part of this. I want to read to you a passage out of 1 John 2, 7-8. Now, this is on my heart all week. And this, to me, is about revelation. It's about knowledge versus revelation. So just read this with me. This is from the NIV. Dear friends, I am not writing you a new command, but an old one, which you have heard since the beginning. This old command is the message you have heard, yet I am writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in Him. And in you, because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. This is out of the first epistle of uh, John. And he is writing and he's explaining the importance of what and the significance of what Christ has done. And that how through that freedom that we've been granted through the sacrifice of Christ, we are able to walk in the fullness of love. Pastor Paul brought a great word and, and explained that we are made in the image of love. And so whatever pours out from us is love, amen, if we are walking by the Spirit, walking in our purpose indeed. So what this is saying is that there were all these old commandments which carried the heart of God, but without the revelation of Christ, they were seen as commands, as restrictions. And, and I'm, I'm challenging you today to see this through the revelation of Christ. If, if, you, if you can read the Scripture through this revelation of who you are in Christ, you will find commands will turn into promises as the Word jumps out at you and tells you who you are as far as He is concerned. Not as far as you or the world is concerned, but as far as God is concerned, who you are, who He created you to be. Amen. So I just want to read this from the Passion Translation because I love the way that it brings it out. So this is from the Passion Translation, same passage. Beloved, I'm not writing a new commandment to you, but an old one that you had from the beginning, and you've already heard it. Yet in a sense, it is a new commandment, and its truth is made manifest both in Christ and in you, because the darkness is disappearing, and the true light is already blazing. I'm blinded up here this morning by the true light that is already blazing out of each and every one of you in Christ. Amen. When you walked in the door, you brought Christ with you. And I'm just happy to sit here and fellowship among the body of Christ this morning. That's what encourages me. Amen. So the title of my message this morning is Open Eyes, Revelation. 
Open eyes, revelation. Through eyes opened by divine revelation, the things that you have read time and time again suddenly take on different meaning. The Word suddenly comes alive, and it gives life. If you're reading the Word, and what you're feeling is condemnation, and death, and suppression, and restriction, I'm telling you now, that's not the revelation Christ has for you. The Word gives life. So if you're reading commands and restrictions, my prayer is that you would open your eyes in the revelation of Christ and see promises. Promises and inheritance and sonship. Because this is what our loving Father is all about. I, would, I love to hear um, Gary Peaches, thanks, thanks so much for sharing last week your testimony. Um, and this is exactly what I'm talking about. Gary Peach spoke about how the Word has been coming alive to him just in recent months. And when he sits down to do his devotions in the morning, he doesn't want to close the book. He's got to go. He's got other appointments during the day, but he just wants to sit there and hang out with God and talk to God and hear what God has to say about him because it gives him life. Amen. And this is what happens when we understand who Christ is, why he did what he did, and who we are in him. Lord, open their eyes. This is head knowledge versus revelation. In 1 John 2, verses 3 to 6, it reads, We know that we have come to know Him if we keep His commands. Whoever says, I know Him, but does not do what He commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys His word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in Him. Whoever claims to live in Him must live a life as Jesus did. Notice how I read that, and you feel, well, if I'm in Him, then I must do this. If I truly love Him, then I must be doing this. And it sounds a little bit like, I've got to do this, and do this, and do this, and do this, and that means that I love Him. But I'm telling you now, what Christ wants you to understand is, if you love Him, you will do this, you will do that. It will be your nature, it will be your volition, it will be who you are, as you understand exactly who Christ is wants you to be, and exactly who you are, the spiritual truth about who you are in Christ. Let's read it again. We know that we have come to know Him, if we keep His commands. Whoever says, I know Him, but doesn't do what He commands is a liar, because if you know Him, you will naturally do as He commands. It is who you are. It is who you are. Amen. And the truth is not in that person. But if, everyone, if anyone obeys the Word, love for God is truly complete in them if they obey the Word. It's evident. This is how we know we are in Him. Whoever claims to live in Him, they must live as Jesus did. They must. That's the natural thing for us to do. This is the subtle difference in the Scripture when you have a revelation in Christ. Amen? <laughs> so, why did Jesus go to the cross? Why did Jesus go to the cross? Before I was in the church, I used to, um, before I even knew Christ, before I had this personal living relationship that I do now with Christ, I used to uh, understand that the reason Christians believe Christ went to the cross is because we were all naughty, and He saved us from our naughtiness. And if I didn't know Christ, I was naughty, and no one had forgiven me yet. And there's a sign as you drive uh, into Kyle, and it's, it tells the truth. But it says in big red writing on a white, on a white board, it says, Jesus Christ died for your sins. 
And there's, the, there's some truth in that. But this is the first part of why Jesus did what he did. And we need to be able to point people to the reason why he had to do that. So let me explain to you. The first part of why Jesus went to the cross was so that we would be crucified with him. You see, I really feel the Lord told me this morning to just talk about some fundamentals. See, you may have come into church this morning and really not know much about what Christianity is. So I, I really want to talk to you about, you know, this Jesus guy we talk about and, and, and what he did and why he did it. You see, there was a separation with the first order of man, with Adam. There was a separation, a rift created between us and God. And we are born into that line in the natural. There is a separation there. But what Christ did, what God's plan all along to do, was to send His own Son, who we believe was all God and all man, and he carried all of our separation, all of our sin on his shoulders. He bore it all to that cross. He himself did not sin, but he bore all of our separation to that cross, and he died. Now, when he was crucified on that cross, the spiritual significance of that is that you and I were crucified on that cross with him. What does that mean for us? Let's read Galatians 2.20, and it says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Yes. Yes. Amen. That's just the first part. See, we had to die to sin. Why? Because we were enslaved to it from birth. And there had to be a death take place in order to set us free from that sin. But it doesn't stop there. We were set free for a purpose. Let me tell you what that, uh, what that death did for us. In Romans 6, 6, our old nature died with Christ. The old man, the old man, who we were before, this is all of the things that are holding you, all of the things that are binding you, all of the things that aren't building you up but are dragging you down, the, the, the hunger that you have for things that can never be sated, addictions, even if it's just addictions to your reputation, even if your identity is founded in what you do for a living for your work, which was mine, that, that chain that was holding me to the world and, and, and dragging me back and not allowing me to move into my true purpose. In Romans 6, 6, it says, For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. You are no longer a slave to sin. You might feel in your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions, you might feel sometimes that you are still a slave to those things. But what God wants you to see is that God crucified Himself with you so that you could experience and walk in freedom from that. You have access to a freedom. Access to a freedom from that. And for those of us that carry that revelation, this is so exciting. 
This is why we lift our hands in praise and worship, because we understand just how much we needed this, and we understand the fullness of what He's done in releasing us from that. Amen? Are you with me? Are you with me? Amen. The third part, and for me, the most exciting part of why Christ went to the cross for you and I, is that Christ's resurrection grants us a new life in Him, a completely new life in Him, a spiritual rebirth. And that's what, you, that when you hear people saying, I'm a born-again Christian, or you have people referring to born-again Christians, this is what we're referring to, that we are born again of the Spirit in Christ, new creations. And because of the death of our old selves, we are able to walk freely into this new creation, into this new life. I hope you're with me. I hope you're with me on this. This is a lot to chew on, but Romans 6, 1 to 4. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who die to sin live any longer in it? Again, this is not a command. This is a promise. How can, how can we die to sin, who died to sin any longer live in it? It is an impossibility for those in the, in living in the new nature of Christ. Sin will pop up in your life, and it will, it will pop up, and things will pop up, but that's not the norm for you and I as new creations. This Scripture tells us we're dead to it. It doesn't actually have authority over us. And, and, what the, and what the enemy wants to tell us is, hey, you're just falling back into old habits there, buddy. Yeah, 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 yeah no, God's not going to be happy with you. Look at what you're doing. Look at who you are. And it's a lie. We don't look at who the, who the enemy says we are. We don't look at our trappings and our sin to, to figure out who we are. We look at what God has to say about you and I to decide who we are. And we look at what Jesus did on the cross for us to decide who we are and how we are empowered to walk in this life. We reckon ourselves dead to the old man and free in a new life. Amen? You are empowered to do this. Don't for a second believe that you are not. I'm going to continue with this. <laughs> or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into His death? This is talking about, you know, this is what water baptism is about. We were baptized into His death. We were one with Him in death. And therefore, it goes on to say that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we should also walk in the newness of life. You and I were baptized with Him in death. We went down with Him in death. And then therefore, when He is raised in life, you and I are raised up new creatures, free and able to walk in the newness of life and the glory of what God has for us and the purpose that He's called you to and the fullness of His love. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. It's not about pointing out every single thing you're doing wrong every day and telling you that you are separated from God. That is a lie. You are not separated from God. The Word says nothing, nothing on earth, nothing above earth, nothing below earth, nothing, not even yourself, not even all of the angels and all of the principalities and powers, nothing can separate you from the love of a loving Father. Amen? Anything else is a lie. Do not believe it. Woo. I'm preaching myself happy. I'm going to bring that, uh, I'm going to bring that out. I'm, I'm loving the Passion Translation this morning because it's passionate. So I'm going to bring that same, that same scripture in the Passion Translation. And it says, 
this is the last part of it, it says, sharing in his death by our baptism means that we were co-buried and entombed with him. We went down with him. I'm repeating myself, but these are the basics, amen? Yeah, and this is good stuff to know. This is a foundation of faith. This is how you walk in the newness of life. This is how the storms of life don't affect you. This is how when Jesus calls you out on the water in the middle of the storm of your life, you have the faith to do it and not sink. Amen? Because you know who Christ is in you. You know who you are in Christ. Amen? Yes. And we were entombed with Him so that when the Father's glory raised Christ from the dead, we were also raised with Him. We have been co-resurrected with Him, that we should be empowered to walk in the freshness of a new life. Freshness, completely new. The old is gone. You're free. Amen? Who's feeling free in the house this morning? Amen? Woo! Oh, yes. You know what this says to me? This says there is much more. There is much more. Do not settle for what you've got now because Christ says there is much more in a life with me. If you can just realize, if you can just grasp that revelation of what He has done for you and who you really are, there is much more, much, much more for you. And I'm so excited about next month. We're talking about overflow. Isn't that just the nature of the body of Christ, to be constantly overflowing, overflowing with love, overflowing with joy, overflowing. I'll tell you what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a little story about what happened um, this morning for me. And I don't want to focus on the bad things. I want to focus on God's goodness in this. Who enjoyed the praise and worship this morning? You don't have to be nice, but just be honest. Who enjoyed the praise and worship this morning? Yeah, God is good. I tell you, He's so good. I wasn't rostered to be on bass this week. And I had a guitarist that was meant to be playing this morning. And my wife was meant to be here. And Callum was meant to be on the sound. But there's a whole... (laughs) And Ty was meant to be on guitar as well. But I tell you what, they're all a little bit crook this morning. And you know, what I, you know what I see when I see something like that happen? So I, I, I turn up this morning, and I'm, I've got to play bass, play the tracks, play the pad, and, and preach. And I'm thinking, that's a lot, Lord, but you're bigger. And I'm thinking, whenever there's something like this happen, we see it as resistance. And, you know, we've got an opportunity to get discouraged. And we've got an opportunity to look at the situation we're in and go, oh, really? This is just too hard. This is, uh, was I even meant to do this? Am I good enough? The Lord is my shepherd. But do you know what I see? I see it as a natural, dying, nervous reflex of the enemy as we're crushing his head under our feet. And we get a little bit of kickback. We get a little bit of resistance because you know what? The enemy doesn't want you to know who you are in Christ because that's the most powerful thing. He wants to point you to everything that's going wrong in your morning. He wants you to turn up to church on a Sunday morning. And when someone asks you, how's it going? He wants you to go, rubbish. I so need this. I'm coming to receive this morning because I need it. And don't get me wrong. We walk through times like that in our life. But we as a church family, as a body, as one body, are called to walk with one another, lift one another up in prayer, grab those that are struggling through something, always with our eyes fixed on Christ, always with our eyes fixed on who we are meant to be, not on where we dwell in the mire, not on where we are in the pit, 
but looking forward to the palace, looking forward to the promise, looking forward to the inheritance. And this is not faking it till you make it. This is spiritual reality. This is open eyes. This is exactly what God wants you to see. So this morning I go, praise God. My wife gets a break. She can chill at home. And the Lord's up here where she's not, there's an angel. Where Ty's not, there's another angel. Where Callum's not, there's an angel called Steve. He came in anyway, even though he was rostered off. Praise God. And there's a host of heavenly angels with you and I. And they are singing, holy, holy, holy are you, God. They're giving our Lord praise. And we are just resonating with that worship. And that's where the power is. Amen. Amen. Cool. I've got an hour and a half to go. Cool. <laughs> yes, don't stop. The things that bind you, the things that hold you back, the sin in your life, all of this is broken off by what Christ has done for us. And as we learn more about who we are in Him, and as we develop our relationship with God, we are empowered to walk in the Spirit rather than in the natural. When we are born again, we are born of the Spirit, the incorruptible seed the untouchable, the unbreakable, the never-ending source, living water. This is what we're tapped into. In John 3, 6, Jesus is talking to uh, Nicodemus here. And Nicodemus hasn't quite grasped it. He hasn't quite got the revelation. Jesus is talking about being born again. Nicodemus says, how can I be born again? Do I have to you know, crawl back into my mum and get born again? Is that how it works? How does this, what do you mean, born again? And Jesus talks to him and he says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. You see, your first natural birth, you're born of the flesh. When you come to know Jesus Christ, and I will give you an opportunity to do that at the end of the sermon, if you do not know him, and if any of this is resonating with you, and if you're feeling something knock on the door of your heart, I'm going to give you an opportunity at the end of this sermon to be born of the Spirit, to receive the gift of righteousness, to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. When you are born of the Spirit, you are Spirit. Spiritual reality is what applies to you now. And we need to open our eyes to that reality to the reality of our new life. We are not called to live a life bound by religious law, by rules, by restrictions, but instead, you and I, we are the righteousness of God in Christ. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. I say it again, we are the righteousness of God in Christ. The enemy wants you to look at everything that you deem as unrighteous in God's eyes, and he wants to take your eyes away from the fact that Jesus Christ died once and once and for all, He took that sin to the cross and died. He paid the price. He fulfilled the law on our behalf. And therefore, we received as a gift the righteousness of God in Christ. Yes. yes. Amen. <laughs> Free from sin to live by the Spirit, a life of righteousness. Yeah, but Reuben, I don't feel like I'm living a life of righteousness. Yeah, but Reuben, I see sin in my life, and I've got a daily die to that sin, and, I, and, and it's hard, and I'm just a, I'm, I'm a miserable creature, and uh, it's, it's hard, and I struggle with this, and I struggle with that. So what do we do when our life doesn't look 
like what God says our life is meant to look. You get things in your head saying, oh, Reuben's preaching that, you know, these things naturally flow out of us, so does that mean I'm not a good Christian? Does that mean I'm, I'm not born again? Do I have to try and walk in the Spirit? Yeah, I've got to try and walk in the Spirit more. How do I even do that? It sounds like hard work. I think I'll just give up, and I think I'll just camp at the cross where my sins have been forgiven. I know that's true. This new life thing is a bit beyond me, but if I camp at the cross, my sins are forgiven, I'm comfortable there. This new life is just for those that are good at being Christian. This new life business, that's just for Pastor Paul and Ruth. It's just for Reuben, it's just for Harmony, it's just for the worship team. They've got it together. Rubbish. Rubbish. Whenever you get those questions in your mind, like, am I, am I just being bad at being a Christian? Do I need to try more to live in the Spirit? Whenever you hear yourself going, no, I just need to try more. I just need to, I need to battle through this. I need to work harder at this Christianity thing. That's exactly where the enemy wants you. He wants you doing all the hard work. He wants to take your eyes off the fact that your righteousness is not about what you've done to earn it. Your righteousness is a gift given freely from God. There's nothing you can do to earn it. There's nothing you can do to take it away. Your righteousness is a gift from God. It's the righteousness of God given to you by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. You don't need to work hard at this. All right, that's all very well, Reuben, but you still haven't given me my answer. I'm hearing you. Galatians 2.20, I'm going to bring that scripture up again. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. All very well, Reuben, I don't feel that at the moment. I'm hearing you. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. Faith. Faith in the Son of God. That's how you live it. Who loved me and gave himself for me faith. How do you live a life of faith? The Word tells us that our faith doesn't come from our striving to build up a reservoir of faith. It doesn't. You know where faith comes from? It comes from the Lord. You know, when I ask um, Wayne to do something, I'm going to call you out here, Wayne. When I ask Wayne to do something, I have faith that he's going to do it. Do you know why? Because I've gotten to know Wayne. I've got a relationship with Wayne. I understand that Wayne is a, a man of his word. If I didn't know Wayne, if he just walked in today, then I'd probably have to build a relationship before I had a lot of faith in him. If you're going to receive faith from the Lord, it's not about trying to be better. It's not about trying to do something better. It is simply about protecting, fostering, and growing your relationship with Christ. Are you with me? If you are feeling like you're lacking and you're not, you're not under, you, you don't understand what I'm talking about, this newness of life, and you're not experiencing it for yourself, I encourage you, get to know the Lord some more. Because the more you sit down and not just talk to Him, but listen to Him, this is through prayer, through reading the Word, through worship and just being open and ready to receive by the Spirit. You are a spiritual being. The Lord is going to start telling you who you are. He's going to start releasing you in areas that you've been bound. 
He's going to start opening your eyes to some untruths that you've been speaking over yourself. And once you start understanding who the Lord says you are, you need to start speaking it out. Amen? Amen? You need to start speaking this out over your life. We've heard time and time again that that, um, life and death are in the power of the tongue. It's not enough just to read the Scripture and understand, because that's, that's the first understanding, just reading it, taking it on as knowledge. We need to read the Scripture. We need to understand who we are in Christ. We need to listen to it with a spiritual ear, read it with spiritual eyes, with who we are in Christ, and then that will come alive to us, and you'll start seeing some truths about who you are. I promise you, if you would just spend time with God, That's why Christ went to the cross, ultimately, was to open the way back up for us to have a relationship with a loving Father, a personal relationship with a loving God who wants to speak nothing but life and blessing over you. Amen? (laughs) Yeah, we don't need to try and conform ourselves to an ideal Christian. And that can be the challenge when you come into a house like this and you see a bunch of happy people and you're not feeling happy. (laughs) I know, I know. I came to the Lord in 2015. I went through a few churches before that. And I would just walk in and I'd just see these happy people. And I'd just go, no, surely not. This is not real. And this is why also that it's so important for us to share our story with people. It's not enough just to try and joy people up when they walk in the door. You know, we need to build relationship with people. You know, we need to get to know someone. If they don't understand where we're at, there's an easy way around that. Take them for a cup of coffee and get to know them. And you'll find that they soon get to know your story, and then they will see the Christ in you. They will see the hope of glory in you, in your testimony. That's why these my stories are so good. (laughs) Yeah. The whole thing that God wants is He wants you to know Him better. He wants you to have open eyes as, to far, as far as who you are and who He believes you are and how, how much He loves you. I want to read this from Ephesians 1, 17 to 18. And it says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Not just wisdom. Revelation. Revelation means to reveal a mystery. And this is what happens when you spend time in the Word with Him. He'll reveal things to you. So that you may know Him better. That's the key. A relationship with a loving God. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you. Once we understand that we are free to have a relationship with God. He's going to start speaking the hope to which He has called you into your life. How many people just want to know why they're here? How many people just want to know what their giftings are and, 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 and why they've been put on this earth? I tell you, if you build this relationship with God and you understand that you have access to Him, that you can step boldly into His throne room, sit there in the Word and talk to Him, He will reveal your calling. Because He said that He has called each one of you with a purpose since before He set the foundation of the earth. And each one of us is a member of a body of Christ, all unique. 
I cannot be Emily in this body of Christ. I cannot do what Emily does. I, I do not have her giftings. God needs you, Emily, to walk in your giftings and be an active member of the body of Christ. God needs your smile in the morning, Carol. And that tinoa tahua moku kauai. This is the beauty of the body of Christ. Each one of us different, but each one of us called. Don't sit there trying to be what your neighbor is. Oh, Harmony, she just sings and plays guitar. You know, I coveted her singing voice for so long. <laughs> She's such a beautiful minister when it comes to worship. I'm called to different things. I need to just release her to operate in her giftings, support her in that, and she does the same for me. And it's only when we discover who we are individually and who God, who God designed us to be that we will walk in the fullness of life. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And it says later on in that verse, in Ephesians 1, 17, 18, so that you may know the hope to which he has called you, your purpose, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. To me, that is the riches that you get when you are walking your calling, when you are making a difference in the sphere of influence you're in, when you are living from an overflow and you're not just living a life of blessing yourself, but everybody around you seems to be getting blessed just because you're there. You know what God said to Abraham? Well, you know, the understanding that Abraham had when he had to separate ways with Lot. He understood. He said to Lot, you can go wherever you like. You pick the best land. You pick the finest land. I don't care. I know God's on my side, and I know no matter where I go, whether you give me a, a, a hill full of gorse, that, I, that will turn into a mountain of blessing because God goes with me, and the blessing chases me down. And this is the truth you have to speak over your life, you know? You walk into who you are, and you realize no matter where you go, whether you're walking into a dark place or a light place, whether you're not quite in the house or the neighborhood you really want to be, this might not be your dream house. This might not be your dream job. These might not be your dream friends, but I'm telling you, where you go, blessing follows. The Lord says, my goodness and mercy shall follow you all of the days of your life. Not just follow you, chase you down. You can't hide from it. I love what we heard Pastor Paul say this morning, no weapon formed against us will prosper. And he spoke from Romans 8.28 when he said, that all things work for the good of those who, are, who love God, for the good of those who are the called according to His purpose. That's you. Amen. That means no matter what you see in the natural, if you've got your spiritual eyes on, you will see that God will turn it for the good of you. Not just the good of you, but the good of your family. The good of those that you love and really want to see in church, that you really love and you really want them to know the Lord because you're living that blessing. Well, He's working for their good too. You don't have to work too hard for that. God's calling them. Amen. Amen. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, I could talk about this all day, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap it up here. Look, we understand now why God went to the cross. Why, why God came to earth as a man in the form of his son, Jesus Christ, and took all of our sins, did not sin himself once and bore all of our iniquity at the cross so that we could be free, so that our old self could die, to make room for the newness of life. Now, if you have not received that free gift of righteousness this morning, if, there is, if you know there is more, and I'm telling you there's more, 
and you know there could be more in your life and you've never actually prayed that prayer and received Jesus, this is the first step. And then there's a spiritual walk that we go on, a spiritual journey that we go on to grow into that newness of life. But the first step, the bold step, is to just open your heart to Jesus. It's to open your heart to Him and just say, I accept the righteousness that you freely offer me.